0: Hey everyone and welcome to the 1UPcast, the show where we dig through our old video game magazines and compare what we thought then to the way things are now. My name is Kieran, aka Harry Atomic and I'll be joined once again by the one, the only, the face of firmest gas, Martinet's main man, Mr. Daniel Ferry. Back at it again. Back at it now, we're breaking records.
1: I think that that's my opening segment now. Back at it again. It's twice in a row, so it's kind of it's kind of stuck. Uh, right now,
0: that's going to be like your thing now. So episode three—that's where that's we started. Are
1: now one. We're now one better.
0: I <laughs> than know, our previous it.
1: podcast. It's 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 officially a streak now. So this is a, a, a momentous occasion for us both. It you'll is. see the views surge now because they'll look at us and say, man, they will not get over two views or two episodes. And notice, we proved our daughters wrong. All the haters we've been all
0: wrong. Ne- All the haters been all, well, they'll never do and two. And it's like, hey, we'll do three at least.
1: All joking aside, I'm glad it's going well. And we're actually getting a lot of good feedback. We're getting a lot of private messages from people. I'm really glad people are enjoying it. Even And it sounds like I saw, see even knowing like four or five people personally are listening on it and enjoying it every week. It, you know, kind of motivates
0: me to keep going. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know that um you're not just sitting just talking and they you know, just under the air. You know, you're not just yeah. talking and do nothing, you know. And and even even if it was people, you know, even if it was one person, it still yeah it's it still makes it worth it because then you're like whenever you're sitting and you're like, you know, oh we need to record this tonight, it's like you know you can sort of see the fact that it's not just me and you
1: sitting chatting rubbish. Yeah. Well speaking of one person segue Hey uh, this week's episode is kind of has been brought to mind by one person. Okay. Uh, we recently got in touch, as you know, by we'll not say a surname for obvious reasons, but from a friend of ours called Peter. Hey, hello, Peter. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, Peter contacted us there last week, and um, he mentioned about his best gaming experience being Metal Gear Solid on the PS One, and the first time he played it, he was absolutely blown away. And it was the greatest gra- graphics we'd ever get in any of it, LOL. So we thought we'd touch on that. So let's begin. Yes. So
0: after uh, reading the comments about Metal Gear Solid, it got me thinking. I do remember that at the time it was just an absolute hype machine. Metal Gear Solid was geared to be the biggest thing ever. So game pro- Geared. <laughs> geared. Oh, hey. Geared. <laughs> hey. Hey. So, GamePro issue 111 from October 1998 states Boiled down to its basics, Metal Gear Solid is mission impossible, albeit for the N64, done right. Returning to an intuitive and intelligent mode of gameplay, Konami's game developers have spent the last three years fine-tuning Metal Gear and adding depth to the artificial intelligence and level design. This isn't just bad guy blasting and simple gun-dependent action. In fact, above all else, you must use stealth
1: to sneak your way through most missions. I love how, you know, you know, kind of saying, stealth is brand new mechanic. You no, know, it's never been kind of touched on before. you kind of written between the lines there. It's just like, this is a brand new thing. You know, get ready. This is the way it's going to be.
0: Yeah, the whole article itself just seems to be, it's, it's uh, we, we had a quick ch- uh, chat during our prep time before, uh, before we started recording. And the one thing that we noticed about this article was that it was very clinical. It just mentions what you can do, what you can do, what you can do. And usually like these articles are all, like they have opinion on them and that's kind of why people write articles because they want to inject their opinion and personality and their review. But just for context, the reviewer of this uh, or the reviewer in GamePro had a two-level demo. Okay. They just felt that even in two levels, they were able to pull so much like clinical information out of that and just all they, all they talked about was how weird the weapon system is because it's not just running in and blowing everyone up how strange yeah. it is to be focusing on things like tapping the wall and you know and and you're all the stealth like the it's stealth mechanics yeah and so it it, it just uh, i'm I obviously won't read the whole article but just yeah. you you're right in saying that stealth was a thing that was just picked up on straight away and so much so yeah. That I mean, you remember the hype for Metal Gear Solid when it first came out? Like just the fact that it was a stealthy game, the fact that it was something different, just got everyone excited. Well, I have a story for you. Oh yes, I love a good <laughs> a, a, a good a good uh,
1: a good fireside story. I love it. Yeah, it's like y'all yeah, around everyone. I have a story. This is, you're not going to believe me, but this is the genuine truth. You mentioned there about hype about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I knew nothing about Metal Gear Solid. You were completely fresh? I was completely in the dark. I'm guessing it was probably about six months to a year after the game out came out that I actually played it. We had a PS1 at home, and we literally, because there's five boys in the house, it was like a, like ISS, International Superstar Soccer.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, was the big kind of sports game then. FIFA was kind of like the front for fun. You know, it was rubbish. Yeah, I remember FIFA was crap.
0: I mean, like, actual crap, not just, like, the crap yeah, that people don't want to
1: play. Yeah, and was... now it's the it's untouchable, uh, how it rules and reverse.
0: Yeah, Pro Evil used to wipe the floor with FIFA every year, and then all of a sudden it just changed.
1: But I, I knew, you no, know, I from a Metal Gear, I, I, like, I had a few games, um, like Rayman stuff, and I loved it. I, to be honest with you, my PS1 era always can associate it with demo discs. Do you remember the magazine?
0: Uh, a. Fa- Oh uh, right! Do you know what? I have a story time. I'm gonna interject. Yeah. We're gonna go two stories deep here. Mine's is <laughs> a, sh- a wee short one. This is like Inception level two
1: story. The uh, a story within a story. A story within a story.
0: So the demo discs you're talking about for PlayStation One. Um, the 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 secondary school or high school that I went to uh, had a library, like its own wee library above the canteen, right. and. All the, the the cool kids or the nerds, depending on who you talk to, wanted to be librarians. So I managed to like blag my way into becoming a librarian, but for one reason only. It wasn't because, like, you know, I wanted to go up and like hang out in the library at last I,
1: time or, yeah, you uh, know. Can I stop you there? Yes, go All for right. it. All you do, you blag your way into becoming a librarian. oh. <laughs> in a manner. Yeah, old does that take. And what
0: what you have to do is spend all I need
1: to know the facts.
0: You spend all your time in the library and uh, the librarian you go up and talk talk to him and be like, So I uh books books are good, aren't they? <laughs> I just
1: do you not hate films? Do not love books? <laughs> <laughs> so he's off. That's why he's got the skills. I know I mean, it's after him turn.
0: after a, a few weeks he kind of went, you know, at this point he might love books. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 it was like I think it was the start of the school year. So like the previous years, librarians had left, but no one had like officially taken up the mantle yet. And I was like, I want to sure. be, I want to be a librarian. And it's like one lunchtime or something, you just come up and like scan the barcodes, and it's that it's nothing really big, but it's like I you know it's a thing but the one reason why that i wanted to be a librarian the one reason why i put so much effort on the pretending to like books so much was because the library also they like they started getting magazines in and one of the magazines uh, that they got in was the uh, official uk playstation magazine however okay. however they they didn't they only put the magazine out on the on the rack the the demo desks were taken off and put like behind like under the counter ah, so like so any, you any, can't
1: have these
0: yeah so it was like i don't think it was a case of like oh i'm keeping these behind i think it was just a case of if if a magazine came was like you know like sometimes magazines just to come with like a toy or something yeah or like a wee just a wee add-on like any of the wee add-ons just got like lifted and put under like a wee box because you know only books in the library. And I Mm -hmm. I wanted those demo discs, I wanted to play all those demos. So for like a good six months, like every time one of their magazines came out and the back catalogue of of CDs they already had, it was like it was like a renaissance for me. I just like I played every demo I could get my hands on and one of the demos was Metal Gear oh really uh, yeah and that's where i found out about metal gear solid was through the school library after lying to become a librarian to get playstation
1: demos so was that the ultimate goal known you know this is the if i do this i'll get these demo discs yes that was the the sole reason
0: that i did that was to get those demo discs (laughs) and i did and i used to like quiet pocket them and take them home and bring them in the next day and just kind of put them back on and it was like my own version (laughs) <laughs> I know that was I That's how it came full circle. I was, I was, I was solid snake. Although I was, I was, uh, I was a like not stealthy at all. But I was. That was my stealth. Like get in and like get the
1: dust and get out. So like now retrieve the payload and all. So going back to my story. So, uh, so we had. I had a PS One. I didn't really. I did play it, but I don't really have a, a lot of my game memories. Is on nearly every other platform except the PS One. So Strange, but I did play it. Very strange for considering i they played a lot, a lot, a lot of titles. Yeah. But as you know, I'm kind of a different gamer. Do you remember that time when I worked in a game? I think it was like 2015. They were doing these Lanyards for yes. all the staff. I recently told and, this story, so I'm glad you bring it up. And on the Lanyard, like every member of staff it was kind of like a, a star, like a gold star, and you had to write your name on it. And above it, it's like my game of the year was. And everybody. And work there was uh, Call of Duty or FIFA or Battlefield. And then little me walking around. I uh, have Bioshock and Funnel on it. Right? So good. And I always I always remember my area manager looking around and saying, what's that game? I was oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Never you mind. Uh, no, I don't think anybody knew, but that was my audience that I was serving. Anyway, back to PlayStation. Yes. So my real story of on the PlayStation, it wasn't really about getting all the games, it was kind of getting all the demo discs. Do hmm. you remember it used to be like Demo Disc 1, Demo Disc 2, Demo Disc 3? Yeah, I think I still
0: have a few of them knocking around.
1: I can always remember, uh, Prappa the Rapper. Oh, what a game! <laughs> what a game! My god, uh, uh, I played that level over and over and over and over again. That first level, I can actually. Word for word, lyrically, rhyme that off to you now, but I won't. <laughs> Maybe a few nights of them when we're doing a podcast with a drink, I'll do it. Aye. After about fifteen or so or disks, uh 'cause magazines at the time were five pounds at a time and they're out every month, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're fourteen fifteen and you have like you're getting five pound a month pocket money. Yeah. Um you kinda have to balance up what you want more. Yeah, you gotta balance the books and go and, and
0: try and earn a wee bit of money somewhere if you can. Yep. You know watching the car exactly. and stuff and just anything
1: to get them demos. <laughs> exactly. Um so the never never played, never heard done here not from Metal Gear. Again, we didn't have internet at home, but we had that sat- classy satellite dish for me and hey, my geometry. Hey, Kit Kat um, satellite dish. <laughs> my Kit Kat competition. Yes. Um, so, didn't hear fine, but then my brother's best mate, a guy called Jonathan, was in Manchester studying. Uh, university, I couldn't tell you what he was studying, studying, but he brought home, once he finished his course, he rented a pile of. Um, playstation 1 games i don't think he, he took them back because they just brought like 15 over to our house one day <laughs> and said, so here's these games play them and i always remember them they're like you worked in extra vision, yeah so like the like i don't know if you remember the rent in the ps1 games but they were in like black boxes there was no cover art or anything it was just a black like jewel uh jewel kiss yeah just black I-
0: I still have. I have one of those. I have uh, the Rugrats search for Reptar in one of those black cases from ExtraVision. ExtraVision, for anybody that's listening that isn't from uh, Ireland, uh, is essentially our blockbuster. Yes. Like video rental stores.
1: And I'll tell you, like, again, like, when you see a game the very first time, naturally, you're going to look at the box art and flick at the back and, you know, well, you pick up your opinion from that. Yeah. But... I didn't have anything to go with with this. Um, what the only reason why I put Metal Gear Solid One into my PS1 was because I remember opening the box and there was two discs. Disc one and disc two. Yeah. I was all what? What is this? Why does it have a two discs? So I think it was in my head I thought, is it two games? Uh, and I remember putting on disk one and I said to myself at the time right i'll put this on and i'll load it up very quickly and see what's very i'll check what's on the second desk then but as soon as that music hit, man it showed you the submarine underwater and you know the orchestra music hunting yeah jaw on the floor i was just like what is this that first mission was just yeah perfect. and then david Hayter's voice which is a voice of snake oh. and just just uh It was, was, like as you said, Mission Impossible, done right. And it was just, like I was sitting there holding the controllers, like this is a game. This is, you know, this is what, like, before then, even though Nintendo was kind of like the pioneers of, you know, gaming. Yeah. This was like the, the first proper step until, you know, next level. I mean, let's talk gaming forward leaps what mario 64 did for the mario franchise what this did for gaming as a whole because it made all developers set up and go right okay this is what's possible on this platform yeah like so many memories with that game i mean spoilers i'll give you spoilers if you haven't played it just to stop listening right now but we're going to talk a few spoilers about a game that's about 20 years old so you know i have a 10 year role if you haven't played in finished it ten years, you're going to hear spoilers yeah, in this podcast. Yeah, that does. Do you remember when uh, Sniper Wolf? died? Yes, yes. Oh, and Articom was just gutted. Man, first time in a game, I had a lump in my throat.
0: Like, yeah, it's it's one of those games that like it. Uh, again, we talked about this during during the prep beforehand. At at how yeah. we we during our prep beforehand, we try not to talk too much about what we're going to say because we want genuine reactions. But mm-hmm. sometimes we're so excited that we just kind of get lost and have to stop ourselves. And the one thing that we were talking about is how cinematic this game is and mm-hmm. how it was able to do things like got like create tension and, you know, yeah. have emotional moments and things. Like a
1: lot of games didn't really do that before. And it was just, uh, there was just so many moments, but one of the funniest moments in the game, do you remember when, uh fact, was the DARPA chief, you had a go to him to get a, like a nuclear code or something i can't remember but he was all oh i can't remember the code and you're like what and <laughs> uh that's my david tater impression by the way what? what and uh he was all yeah oh my daughter has it or my niece has it meryl mm. and he was all and he was all meryl and he's all yeah he's all what's her frequency code so i can radio her yeah and he's all oh, i forget and you're all he was all damn." he's i remember it's on the back of the playstation box that you have no you had uh that's horrible i didn't have the box so i remember ringing jonathan and uh i was jonathan i had to ring meryl in metal gear solid do you know her code so what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about, I So Meryl. who the fuck's Meryl? Is this? A, who, was, said, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just like <laughs> it's all. So I literally had to sit for like two hours, going through every single frequency. Uh, down X, down X, down X, down, and just listening to that ring. You know, uh, and nothing yeah, there, nothing there, that's nothing awful. there. Ah, uh, but before, do you also remember? Um, psycho mantis remember when he moved your controller that was the
0: maddest <sighs> thing and it like started like reading your freaking memory card and all and like telling you like "Oh, you i i see that you like uh for me it was like rpgs and whatever oh i see yeah. you like games from japan and all. and i see you spend too much time playing this and all i'm like what the f- what's going on here and it it's was fucking like incredible. it was just incredible. that type of like out of the box thinking that it it, it almost broke the fourth wall, but like in a really clever way where it was like, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like you controlling Snake versus Psychomantis. Mm-hmm. It was almost like you as a player versus Psychomantis. Mm-hmm. But Psychomantis is still my favorite just because of like really
1: cool things like that. No, man, man, the best is Fat Man. <laughs> fat Man, Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. The boy wears roller skates, drinks martinis and wears on nuclear blast suit.
0: Uh, I, I take it back yep
1: I, i'm gonna give you homework again you need to put a picture up with that man
0: i will find a picture of Fat man <laughs> and i'll put
1: them up for our for our youtube viewers um so uh but like and you mentioned about the fourth wall there i don't think i still to this day i don't think it's been broken that much before because again this is before i think internet did exist but it wasn't widely accessible yeah like everybody who has played metal Gear one for the first time remembers that moment vividly. Like, everybody says, oh, have you got the Psycho Mantis yet? And then when you figure out you have to unplug and plug it on the controller port too, they beat him. Yeah. Just, just genius. Just just absolutely genius. Um, But you talk about the mad ideas and, like, we've got 10 minutes into the con- of this podcast and we actually haven't talked about the man behind the mad ideas.
0: Yeah, true. And uh, I think we're, yeah. we're, we're nearly 10 minutes to the end, but... I guess just cause we're getting so lost in this conversation, yeah, um, but we'll run for a while. But yeah, the well, the, the man behind it, go for it.
1: Uh, Hideo Kojima himself, yes, uh, the, the 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 brains behind it all, the 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 fucking madman that it is. Um I have two stories for you in regards to just ideas that he wanted to do. Yeah, with Metal Gear Solid Four, he wanted to introduce a. Concept where if you got found and a you know a like an, a, a guard found you and you know you know the game goes on an alert phase yeah he wanted to introduce you can Google us if you don't believe me but it's true he wanted to introduce if you got caught you got electrocuted on your controller <laughs> shit you not googled I
0: I can I can picture the lawsuits off the back of that but. Exactly, I mean, so Stoney
1: were like, nah, no. <laughs> bro, nah, we can't do it. Uh, and also, and um, which nearly got approved, in Metal Gear Solid 2, he had this idea where you're running down a cause, uh, uh, like a very long corridor, hmm. and the game music would be playing at a moderate rate, but eventually, as you're running, the music would kind of get lower and lower, and he wanted the engaged players thinking, my TV, you know, something wrong, so they would turn it up just to hear the music and the music again would play for like five seconds or so at a moderate level mm. but again fade down as well and as you're running along as you're running along, it's getting faded better up until the game detected when your tv was volume was at like full then the game would set off in an explosion
0: jesus again i could picture the damage reports for blown speakers
1: so apparently it was going to go ahead but when they did q a they broke a lot of speakers <laughs> and they <were> like, <laughs> so nah. they were like nah we can't do this but there was just more ideas of you know the fourth wall that he wanted to do yeah. um but i have a bit of history for you Go for on it. Hideo. um hideo's first, very first metal gear game obviously it was the very first metal gears metal gear yeah which was on the nes so you know we try to stay away from nintendo products today but our uh, franchises but technically this was a certain nintendo so people might go oh you're talking about nintendo games again um but uh hideo himself actually it was 1987 but it was originally the, the very first metal gear wasn't meant to be developed on a console called the msx i've never heard of it
0: all uh, right yeah yeah uh i as far as i know the original metal gear came out on some home computers as well like some like tape based computers and so it it came out on a load of things, but the 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 NES version was like the most popular version of Metal Gear. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it came out on the MSX, but that was one of the home computers. But it did come out on some other home computers as well. So it was a massive multi platform. Like this was
1: this was a, a franchise before Metal Gear Solid. Uh, so he um has big gripe his biggest gripe with the Metal Gear Solid franchise, Metal Gear franchise was at the very beginning. He was absolutely gutted that it was ported to the NES. He had an interview, this is well before the fallout Mm. of Hanuman Konami, which we'll probably end with. Um, But he had an interview a few years ago with Nintendo Power Magazine. Yeah. And uh, he basically went to town on the game, uh, and he said, quote, I had no. Uh, I had absolutely no participation in the development of the NES version. The NES version was a pitiful, developed title, uh, cheaply, uh, cheaply made by a small team in Tokyo. That was during the bubble the comedy, uh, where anything and everything that was released would sell. I came across the game in a bargain bank, Bargain bin. A few months later, and tried it, but the game design is pretty bad. There's some gameplay that includes infiltrating a base that didn't exist in the original. However, even I, the developer of the original game, was unable to infiltrate the base even once. Furthermore, being a Metal Gear game, it should go without saying that a Metal Gear should make an appearance at the end. (laughs) However, from what I heard, due to technical difficulties in displaying the sprite on the screen, they swapped Metal Gear out for a giant giant monitor. That made me see that he ever created the game had no solver of appreciation for the players, even, even though it was an abomination. It was during the bubble comedy and still sold millions overseas, and it was the, the, the biggest title that soiled my reputation. So apparently this Metal Gear was his motivation from the NES. Yeah, it's kind of crazy where, you know, when you look back as the franchise, even though it's kind of like a dead franchise now, you know that was his biggest shame, this yeah. first one. Yeah, because of management decisions, effectively. Yeah, and how crazy where it's management decisions kind of have ruined it for him at the end as well.
0: Yeah, it seems that ever that that the first time. Other people got in his way, and now again with Konami, they're getting in his way. Well, they've gotten in yeah. his way. It's done now, but the, I mean, it was really messy. Like he, he wasn't allowed to go to the like he wasn't allowed to receive an award for Metal Gear Solid Five. He was told like you're
1: yeah. not allowed to go. We get, we should give it an abridged version of people who mightn't be familiar with the story, what the actual nutshell of it was.
0: Yeah, you, you if you you take it
1: away. So massive success with Metal Gear One went on the Mac metal tier two and three and four huge success in every single one everyone selling over 10 million units each one console sellers the reason why i bought a ps4 was for metal gear solid 4 as many gamers did massive massive franchise a true system seller of a game and then metal gear solid 5 um kojima was making them and konami was a publisher uh a we still don't know the full story to this day but uh the development cycle was a very long time so they released uh like the first level on desk like two years before the full game came out and you know mumblings in between the sheets were konami wanted to kind of get some revenue back because Kojima was making his own full engine for the game
0: yeah
1: and uh sold you know came out as it went but then Whatever happened before they get the final, you know, release of Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, Konami which just at Dirty antics. He left the company like a week before it released, and they removed his name off the credits of the game. They removed his name off the box art of the game. You know, they deleted his, you know, existence on the product ever. And as you said, then he wasn't allowed to at one Game of the Year at uh, the Game Awards. Uh, they wouldn't let him go collect the reward. They just completely shoved him out the door and yeah. not realising he had such a huge fan base behind him. It was very sad to see, you know, you know someone falling on their sword, you know, falling, you know, was yeah. their baby, and they just kind of went, you know what, out you go. So we'll never really fully probably understand the full story of what happened, but it was just an absolute shame that, an absolute legend of the industry. It's like, the only thing I can think on is that if, if Miyamoto, and Nintendo fell out, yeah. you know, and, and he he's the follower of Mario or the follower of gaming, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's just, uh, it's just crazy and it's just sad and it's just kind of almost so full circle where management decisions, as I said, with the first one and then with the final one, kind of killed both of them.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's sad as well. I mean, he doesn't have any rights to the Metal Gear franchise anymore. Yeah, so no say as, on it. Um, yeah, and there has been one release that. since. And fuck.
1: Yeah, and it's. Ten pound for a save I mean, slot. Ten pound for a save slot it says it all. Uh, apparently, it's a grind fast. You can buy all them coins. They farm faster. they and... Metal Gear dollars. So again, it's just uh, let's let's like like you know, they had a diamond and they've just ruined it. And unfortunately, it's the franchise that will never really recover anymore. Um, I know. It's just a damn shame. It it's it it seemed like the game
0: it's 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 had a completely non-standard life yeah, or, or that's yeah. that the game, but like the franchise, like as you say with the first one, it was a rocky start. Metal Gear Solid was like the, like the underdog story that no one was even yeah. kind of, I mean, some people were following, but you know, there was hype, but again, it was like, it was like a fresh start, like a second go. And then for the yeah. end in such an unorthodox way as well is, is so strange. But I mean, Metal Gear is one of them franchises. will even though it's probably only going to get, you know, pillaged now from here until the end of time yeah. by Konami, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's heyday will always outshine the current day, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what I achieved with, uh, and like, I kind of skipped over to Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, what I achieved with Metal Gear Solid 5 was just, I don't know, did you play that?
0: Metal Gear 5? Yeah. I have not.
1: Yeah, I highly implore you've played it, and it's just, it's, it does what breath of the wild did for zelda that's how good it is that's a big it's a tall order it's uh just it's just a sandbox i mean it does everything like there's even like like small small details i mean if you like grapple someone and choke them and or shoot them off a silencer and they're standing there well and they fall into the well, they'll drown and they'll die mm. like, things like that and like you can set roadblocks and oh it's just incredible it's just like again a big play box big toy box Um, before we veer away from Metal Gear completely because we have a few questions we had reader mail this week but uh, I'll get to that in a second Um, I I just want to talk about uh, my favourite game in the franchise of Metal Gear Um, I'd be interested to hear everyone else's who've played Metal Gear their favourite game my favourite game of Metal Gear Solid was Metal Gear Solid Free Snake Eater Um, did you play this one?
0: I, right, th- this is going to give away my favorite Metal Gear game, but is that the one where the, like, uh, what did you call him? The Like the captain guy on the radio? Uh, the guy that always I shouted, Snake, whenever he died? Uh, Colonel, isn't Nah, the, now, Colonel, the cr- Colonel, Colonel, whatever his name was. Yeah. Is that the one where he started going crazy and telling Campbell. you to like, t- turn off your, your PlayStation and all, or was that too? Oh uh, No,
1: that was Metal Gear, 2. All right, Metal well, Gear that, 2. That was
0: my favorite because of that. But anyways, your one? Well,
1: well, we'll 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 delve deeper into your Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, Metal Gear Solid Two story, mm. uh, and then we can close it off with that. But Metal Gear Solid Free um, was the prequel of all Metal Gears, okay. including the very first one. Um, but where you played uh, Snake's father, uh, he was known as Boss, and oh. then he had a mentor called Big Boss. Oh, and oh, it's just such a phenomenal game just everything from the music the theme Snake Eater just everything about it was phenomenal and I never played it until about five years ago because I got it at day one when it came out and I remember taking a huff of it this is how spoiled the game I was I saw stay in middle gear 1 and middle gear 2 having the radar in the top right hand corner but yep. this didn't have the radar because, again, it was, like, 1950s. So, obviously, you wouldn't have a radar. Yeah. So, you had to rely on things like camouflage and things like that. Yeah. And I was just, like, played it for 10 minutes. I was like, no, not playing that. It. It's too hmm. hard. And then when went, like, five years ago was when I actually first decided to sit down and play it. And it was one of those games that just grabbed me. I was like, oh, my God, I am only playing this now. And it still holds up today. I mean, if you played it now, I mean, if you play, like... Certain games like nowadays, like Golden or something, they don't hold up very well. Um, yeah. Where if you play Snake Eater, well, if you, I'm sure it applies to every Metal Gear game, but if you play that, it's just magical, really magical experience. But you touched on Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah. Tell me so, your Metal Gear Solid Two story.
0: Metal Gear Solid Two for me was my favorite because I played, I played Metal Gear One or Metal Gear Solid, and I, I loved it. I thought it was great, and I thought to myself, like, I know, like, I know how Metal Gear works now. Like, I know that it's like a film. There's twists, there's, you know, there's build-up, there's tension, and I, like, I know how it works now, and I was I was fully expecting to not be surprised, but to be impressed by Metal Gear 2. And yeah. then, then the big twist right out of the gate that Snake was just nowhere to be seen. He's just not, like, you saw the gameplay beforehand. You yeah. were mentioning this, where, like, you see all the gameplay with Snake, and then all of a sudden it's Raiden the whole game and you play as Raiden a, and it's a new character introduced. I don't know why he did that. Like why did they
1: introduce a new character?
0: I, I have a, I have a theory and it, Such it's
1: a bold move.
0: See, this is the thing that this was the theory that I kind of had for it was that because everyone was in my position where they were going on metal gear Two, kind of like, I ah, no, we know what they expect. You know what I mean? You're not going to get us this time. You know, we're, we're watching you. Hmm. only to be completely surprised by the very first thing that happens. It kinda resets your expectations. Yeah. And then allows allows a, a good sequel to happen.
1: And and uh, that's kinda of, that's, that's kind of stuck with Hideo Good G M because every time they they show something now, they're kinda like, you know, what does it really mean? What what does this? Uh did you play the PT demo on the PS4 about two years ago? What was that? Silent Hills? It turned out to be Silent Hills and the yeah so everybody's like ah but what's he doing now so everybody thinks like this Death Stranding game is like Cookin' Mama <laughs> 2 <They
0: don't, laughs> some big like <laughs> yeah
1: Cooking Mama solid uh, one of my favourite members of Metal Gear Solid 2 is that uh, it's just, as you tri- uh, said it there trigger the thoughts. I remember going to Extra Vision the night before it was released and I was so hyped for it you know I can't wait for Metal Gear mm. Solid 2 and uh they had it out in the shelf that <laughs> night. Oh, good yeah, good old extra vision. Good old extra vision, and I uh, like was sitting on the shelf, and I think it was like thirty quid, and I ran up to the counter, and I was all, oh, "Can I buy that now?" And the boy was oh, all, Hi And I was all Right, "Right, I had to go to the bank machine. Will you, will you stay open?" And he was all, oh, "We don't close for two hours." I was like, oh, "All right, okay." <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they stayed until eleven. I mate was all, oh, "Here, well, let's take you to the bank machine." And, I was, and he was all, oh, "I'll just take you. Just an absolute hero." Uh, Mark if you're listening thanks very much to that day um, um, it was all right let's go uh, so I was that excited I was sitting in the front seat and I had a pre-order in with you know ele- electronics boutique or somewhere like that Yeah. and uh I went up to the bank machine and uh I remember keying in my pen and taking the money out and being that excited running towards the car and then Mark was about to take off and the guy knocks on my window I was like oh, what the fuck I was on oh, Mark what, what the fuck just wrong this boy and uh I rolled down the window and it was all you right, and it hands me my bank yard. He was, like, I forgot your bank, what <laughs> your bank yard, but <laughs> I, was like, oh Jesus. So I was that excited about the game. I literally got the money and just left the card in the machine. I was like, bye. <laughs> you just, just handed him your bank card and just went, there you go. Yeah. I'm gone. I remember, remember just going home that night and I actually remember my dad, no in games whatsoever, just watching it because of the military soldiers' movements when they were searching for you, you know, when they tapped each other on the shoulder and, Kind of signaling each other with their arms and stuff. Yeah. So, and oh, I was just overall just an, an amazing franchise. And thanks to Peter for letting us talk about it. And, you know, just phenomenal franchise. And it will always stay special to me. And I hope there is a resurgence somewhere, somehow.
0: Yeah, there's some kind of reconciliation or Konami yes. don't do anything or they be nice. And I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but yeah, that they do something nice and give it back. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that 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 brings us on to two other points one point is that uh i'm currently also recording a tiny bit of a video because i forgot to say we were hanging out this week we were and me being uh a, a, a silly a silly guy whenever we were recording and hugging outside and having loads of fun i completely forgot to mention that we did like a nice recording of your uh, your game setup Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so keep an eye for that. Anyways, uh, for the video, not for the podcast, back to the podcast.
1: Um, so hopefully this becomes a weekly thing, but we got a reader mail.
0: Yes, yes. If anyone, uh, if, uh, if we get a reader mail on, we'll answer a question. We'll maybe theme an entire podcast on it like we did this time. I mean, I know podcasts seem like they're monologues, but it is possible to make it a dialogue so yeah. if you want to shoot us a message there's plenty of social medias and youtube comments and you know any any way that you can get in contact you know feel free and uh yeah so uh we have a reader question which we will have a yeah. chat
1: about take it away yeah so, so it comes from peter again the same person who wrote on earlier in regards to metal gear he's been a, so busy, peter, boy. He's been a busy boy indeed uh Peter would like to hear us talk about our best slash worst gaming experiences. He remembers a guy at his school was so hyped for Sound Park on the Nintendo 64 and spent 50 quid on release day and next day that he was so angry because it was awful. What has been your best slash worst gaming experience, game?
0: I can't really nail down a single best. Probably something to do with Mega Man. Probably whenever Mega Man nine or ten was announced, I was like, oh my god, they're making Mega Man again. But yeah. the worst is I have a I have a single worst that I'm more than happy to to talk about. Now, it's strange because Extravision has come up now for the third time. Extravision, man, you said they put out Metal Gear early. Yeah, yeah, they done that for me for Final Fantasy Thirteen as well, and I it was like oh. the night before and loved it. So it seems that the staff just wanted to get the shelf stocked the night before and kept giving away games a day early. But anyways, <laughs> um, what what I used to do or or what my parents used to do for me whenever I was younger was uh, on a Friday after school we would drive to Extra Vision. I think I mentioned this in like a video on my channel before. So if if you're a Harry Atomic viewer and you're listening to this again, I apologize, but uh, every Friday after school, I would go down the extra... Or my parents would take me down to ExtraVision. And that would be like my weekend thing would be... I would get some sweets for Friday night for being good all week. And uh, I would be allowed to rent a game. And it would be like a two-night rental for whatever the cost was. So you would bring it back on Sunday and then, you know, bath, bed early and up for school on Monday. Yeah. But I remember... And, and it was great because it was just... Super, it was super nintendo and uh mega drive or sega genesis games that were like hot in the you no know, the the in in extra vision and what i used to do was go in and rent all just whatever was on the new release wall and so i right. would spend the whole weekend playing whatever was new and then you would take it back on sunday and then rent and repeat the following week but i remember there was a week where the new game that had come out I, like I knew I didn't like it or else it was something like a new game had come out or there was no new game that week in extra vision or something. But for whatever reason, I, I, I spent a long time looking and that week I had just watched, um, what'd you call it? Wayne's world. Right, okay. And, and I loved it. And I laughed my head off and I thought it was brilliant. And I, I dug down deep into the shelf through just stacks of super Nintendo games and found a copy of Wayne's World for the Super Nintendo, and thought, "Oh, th- this—it's fate. It's fate. This, this—if the no, I laughed at the film, and now I'll get the laugh at the game. And I took the game home, and I remember actually crying at how bad it was. <laughs> I remember taking the game out of my Super Nintendo and just putting in like Mario World." And just, and I had already got like all 92 levels like finished. So I started a brand new file in Mario world and just sat sobbing to myself playing Mario world because Wayne's world was so bad, (laughs) but that, that has scarred me and that has stuck with me forever. Like I will be an old man. And every time I hear of Wayne's world, I'll shudder and just remember playing Mario. Just we, 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 we crocodile tears just rolling down my cheeks.
1: <laughs> but yeah, fucking Wainsworth. Well, my one of my best uh, gaming experiences and also worst game experiences. They sound like an ultra nerd here. Was World of Warcraft? Hey, um, I'll tell you the tale of World of Warcraft. Um, since like Zelda went very quiet for Nintendo after Nintendo was kind of you know during the you remember do you remember from the GameCube era uh, it kind of went after one wicker kind of went very quiet on the Zelda front for many years yeah, I was also just c- completely kind of looking start. for I was kind of looking for like a Zelda kind of fix and I know Okami came out in the PS2 which is like a Zelda kind of game and I loved that and devoured that but it wasn't it wasn't scratching that itch and years and years later um, uh, a, a mate of mine uh, was all you should try this World of Warcraft it's got dungeons and it's elves and I was just like oh my god this is I can make my own link effectively, and he's like, "Oh, and it's online. Every everybody's online." Hmm. And I thought, "All right, okay, this is this is great." Um, and I remember playing playing away at it, uh, absolutely being absorbed by it. Just how so many missions there was, how big the the universe was. And there's so much to do, and it was just a big grindy game. And I was just loving loving it, and just. It was consuming me, but I was loving it. This was like, this is so good. Went out and brought a, a laptop just so it would run better, uh, which I thought it did. And, and uh, there's a story where me met came along at my house one night, and we were both playing it, and I was all, oh, how do you get those trees in your one? And it doesn't. He had trees in mine It doesn't, and I thought I had such a great laptop. So we found the guys. It was like, oh, oh, so good, so good. Yeah. And I remember being uh, like... Clans were known as guilds. Then I was invited into a guild called Piss Tickers, hey. and it was a few people on work who were like, "Oh, you know, well, we just get together, we take the piss, and we just have a bit of fun." So when I went into it, you know, they're all really good because I have such a low level; they're giving me gold to buy gear, and they're really looking after me. And uh, we decided one night, right, we'll do a raid, oh. and i was playing as a character as a as a as a tank. So I was a dwarf tank. So. My class as a dwarf and the tank could take a lot of damage so basically tanks would be a kind of like on the front line where people in the background you know casting spells and stuff so where, where a tank would stand in the middle and absorb all the damage yeah and you and would be the t-
0: main aggro as well
1: yes uh, so aggro for getting all the attention so i was like a bullet sponge uh yeah. so i was so hyped for this and you know, my mate came down to my house and we hooked up our PCs and I was, I was actually nervous. I was like, Oh my God, this is the, this is the moment. And, uh, I was on the, the raid for all but two minutes. And, uh, no one really told me what I had to do. I kind of went in blind. Uh, everybody died. Uh, everybody, everybody in the laptop were going crazy at me because I was doing it wrong. And I didn't know what I was doing it wrong. And I was like, what, what, what What's going on? And everybody's like, right, Donald, you just uh, just don't bother doing it and all. And it was my first ever occasion uh, of the community ruining the game for me. Uh, and, that's uh, horrible. And uh, I was just like, I don't want to play this anymore. It really soured my taste. And I, the next day then, and work one of the like guys who was the like, like, kind of like lead guy at Piss Tickers was getting on to me, like proper getting on to me, whilst I was like managing my team. And I was all, get out of my office. I am fucking doing my job. Talk to me about this outside of work. <laughs> and it was that kind of marriage where it was like it kill my PC gaming, effectively, really. like That was my first dip into the pond. And I know... Online games aren't rated by the ERS, uh, ERSB, but that was my first time a Community. Like, fucking attacked me, and it's just, like, just because I was doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, there was so, no sense of trying to help you, or...
1: So, that was that pretty much, yeah. So, I went blind, too excited, and I, I, I fucked up. <laughs> I hold my hands up, and I apologize to this day, but um, it's just a game, isn't it? It is.
0: It but, And it yeah. should be, but... There'll always be people that take it too far.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they lost me, damn it. I know, that's <laughs> it. And it's their loss. But... <laughs> that, on, that, uh, on that note... On that note, we'll bring the a
0: close this episode of the one Upcast. cast. So I, I think this one went well. I really enjoyed yeah, this one. Good. We went well over again, didn't we, yeah? Yeah, we went well over our 30-minute mark, but hey... <laughs> sorry, we, guys, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the podcast is going to be as long as, uh, as it needs to be. So... On that note, uh, if you wanna if you wanna get in touch with either of us, you can leave a comment on the YouTube version. Make sure to get uh, subscribed on iTunes as well. The podcast yeah. is now live on iTunes. So if you're listening well, on hey. another platform and it's doing your head in, go over to iTunes on on the shiny eye device and subscribe and leave a rating. If it's five stars, don't. If it's one star. And uh, again, just drop us a comment wherever you want. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, it's at HariAtomicYT. And you are on Twitter at? Barryman5000. So feel free to drop either of us a message if you want to have uh, if you have a suggestion for an episode or you want to ask us a question. But uh, until next time, we'll see you then. bye